Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, February 2nd, 2007. Today's show, Aquatine Hunger Force Stunt Bombs. The police pull it together one more time. Potter pre-sales past predictions. And my Beauty and the Geek bet gets the boot. We're also going to have a little podsick music toward the end of the show. So let's start off with the Aquatine Hunger Force uh, stunt. Wow. Talk about getting your name out there, okay? Uh, this was a uh, – some people will be familiar with the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim series, Aquatine Hunger Force, and it's basically – if you're not familiar of it with it, it's the one where you've got like the box of fries and a milkshake and all that kind of stuff, and they're like a superhero team made out of food. Now, some people say that the show makes a little bit more sense, you know, late at night. But I figure you can never go wrong on a show where the, one of the main characters is an amorphous blob of meat. It's just a good thing. Uh, so, what what is it that happened? What the heck went on? Well, basically, uh, on Wednesday, uh, officials shut down big chunks of Boston and sent in a bomb squad after sp- passersby spotted 12 by 14 inch boxes attached to bridges and road, road signs and called the police. Turns out, basically, they were harmless light boards, uh, essentially um, light bright, you know, the old light bright thing, if you remember from when you were a kid, um, with and each one contained an image of one of the ca- characters from Aqua Teen Force. So you got Master Shake, you got Frylock, and Meatwad. And so what had happened is they'd sent these things all around so that people would see them. And it was just to sort of create that, that whole word of mouth, and the, it's just a viral marketing campaign. Anyway, um, at executives that weren't involved with the campaign said this is the largest ruckus they'd ever seen from a guerrilla marketing stunt. And, of course, Turner Broadcasting, um, who is basically the owner of the Cartoon Network and is a unit of Time Warner, uh, scrambled to apologize. If we would ever have perceived that this would, be, this would have been the result, we would never have implemented the campaign, said Shirley Powell, and she's a spokeswoman for Turner Broadcasting. Um, the company that they hired uh, was named called Interference, and it's a stunt agency in New York, uh, and they were running the campaign in 10 cities. Of course, this is guerrilla marketing, so you're talking about sending out street teams and posting ads in strange places. The whole idea of creating that word-of-mouth buzz. Uh, because marketing, as they say, has become far too commoditized, and breaking through is becoming more and more difficult. And that is uh, Andrew Bennett, the chief strategy officer at EuroRSCG Worldwide. Um, and he says that's why you see stunts like this. So most companies with uh, large-scale campaigns assume there's going to be basically a buzz component um, so it's the idea of sort of getting your message out there in many ways. It's why a lot of shows will do like a MySpace page, um, or they'll uh, you know they'll, they'll basically put it in, uh, in in places where they know a lot of people are going to be and try and build up that kind of information around it. And uh, and and that's exactly what was going on here. But they kind of screwed up. And uh, you know it's like you got to be careful, I guess, some of the things that you do. Um, did they overreact? Maybe they did. Uh, one day after, uh, police shut down Bo- uh, Boston uh, over electronic devices. An argument has ignited as to whether or not the city has overreacted. And um, 
you know, basically, yes, it might have been scary looking at first, just seeing this box sort of sitting there. But once you got close enough, you could tell it was a cartoon character. Um, public safety officials in Boston and elsewhere com- condemned it in today's post-9-11 world. Just a little over a mile away from the placement of the first device, a group of terrorists boarded airplanes and launched an attack on New York City, said Police Commissioner Edward Davis. The city clearly did not overreact. Had we taken other steps, we would have been endangering uh, the public. I think there's there's some kind of happy medium here. I mean, was it um, as dangerous as they say? I mean, I can understand why you want to be more careful. Absolutely. Um, as as it happens, though, no nobody else complained about it. In fact, it happened in other cities. You know, so it was a ten city stunt. Um, in fact, uh, in Seattle, they had no calls to to nine one one regarding the, the the light boards, and so it was it was really only in Boston that they kind of flipped out about it. Did they overreact? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, however, you know, you never know what people are gonna are gonna put things in. I guess. I guess you got to be careful. But uh, anyway, it certainly did get uh, get people talking about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'll, I'll tell you that. And there's probably people uh, now who don't know about the show who never would have. Maybe not for the right reasons, but as they say, there's no publicity that's bad publicity. So, other news. The police reunion. It's been rumored for many, many years. It's one of those perennial rumors. You know, in Toronto, we used to get that about, you know, oh, Eric Lindros is going to get traded to the Leafs. And then finally, they just did it so we wouldn't have to hear the rumors anymore. So, rumors are swirling that the police will reunite for 2007 dates in England and the U.S., which would be their first uh, tour since disbanding in 1986. Sources told Billboard.com that the reports are legitimate, uh, but they would not uh, publicly comment until final details were, were near to, near to completion. So that was kind of the original article, and that was sort of what was going around at the beginning of January as to whether or not they would play. Um, of course, Sting has repeatedly expressed reluctance to reuniting because, you know... Sting, he's doing okay for himself. Uh, however, Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers have kept the flame alive, as they say. And um, and actually, earlier this summer, Summers was telling Billboard that he was certain the group could have continued past their 1983 commercial peak with synchronicity. He said the more rational approach would have been, okay, Sting, go make a solo record and let's get back together in two or three years. I'm certain we could have done that. Of course we could have. We were definitely not in a creative dry space. We could have easily carried on, and we could probably still be there. That wasn't to be our fate. It went in another way. I regret we never paid it off for the last tour. I don't know. I think they did it just right. I think they, you know, they they basically they left when they were on top, and uh, and you know put out a bunch of fantastic albums, and then left before it all went to hell. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. However. They are getting back together, um, and and whether or not it's for a tour is is a whole other thing, and uh, and no one's absolutely sure if that will happen. But one thing that is known is that the police will be um, reuniting to perform at this year's Grammy ceremony, um, uh, and this was announced by the Recording Academy uh, on Tuesday. The award-winning group, which run five Grammys and turned out hits such as Roxanne and Every Breath You Take, will open the event 23 years after breaking up amid internal conflict. So the band um, actually last played per- played and performed together uh, in 2003 when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think they, they played at Sting's wedding or one of the guy's weddings or something. They, they got together and played uh, Message in a Bottle. Um, Anyway, so that's going to be on February 11th, and uh, so they'll be opening the show. And um, I'm actually really excited about this. One of my favorite bands of all time, and uh, it'll be nice to see them uh, come out and do it again, just as long as they don't go the go the Eagles route. And uh, and hopefully they will not, because you know, 
Sting's got a ton of money. Uh, next thing, uh, I mentioned my Beauty and the Geek bet got the boot. I was betting on Mario and Nadia. Uh, Mario's a regular over on the Comic Geek Speak forums, and so I was betting on him because um, basically he seems like a really nice guy. And uh, was really hoping that he would uh, he would win, but alas, this past Wednesday he was booted off the show. Now, as you may know, I I, I often have a problem with reality TV, uh, you know, so-called reality TV, and uh, and I tend to stay rel- uh, relatively reality TV free. Um, however, you know, I've had had conversations with Mario on the forum over at Comic Geek Speak, and it was kind of like it, it kind of felt like someone I knew was on the show. So I felt just just thinking in that way, yes, this is something I'm going to check out. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I guess part of it is that the message is less about tearing people down and more about building people up. And that's kind of where they're going with it. And Michael O'D had mentioned this show to me a couple of years ago. I think it was in the first season. He said, you know, it's not that bad. And uh, But I didn't listen to him, but I've been enjoying this season. And even though Mario's not on it anymore, I think I'm still going to keep watching it through to the end. Anyway, uh, Harry Potter pre-sales. The... Um, Last book's coming out. She's she's finished the book. So the final Harry Potter book is coming out on July 21st. Seven books. And, uh, you know, she, she did what she set out to do. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what she comes out with afterward, uh, with J.K. Rowling, of course. Uh, but, um, you know, God knows, she doesn't need to work again. So Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is the last uh, installment, um, went on sale the other day for... Um, for pre-sales, 500, pre-sales so far, 547% higher than for its predecessor. This was just on Thursday. Pre-orders for Death, Thursday's pre-orders for Deathly Hallows exceeded the first two weeks of pre-orders for its predecessor, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And this is, of course, a quote out of Amazon. And Half-Blood Prince, released in July 2005, generated more than 1.5 million pre-orders on Amazon. So it looks like the book's going to do okay. Yeah, she doesn't need to work again, that's for sure. So that's uh, that's what's going on with uh, with Harry Potter. And, of course, this will be right on the heels. And I think this is the first time they've actually had it where the timing has been like this, where you've got the book, uh, a new book coming out as well as a new movie opening. Usually they're kind of staggered ones at Christmas, ones in the summer. Um, this time, no, they're, uh, they're both coming out in the summer. So in yeah, I believe it's in June you'll be able to see uh, the... Uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in the theaters, and then the next month you'll be able to read the last book in the series, and that is, of course, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And this is it. What will happen? Tune in and find out. Hey, speaking of tuning in and finding out, uh, check out what some of the stuff we've got going on over on uh, Hockey Strike over at www.hockeystrike.net. Just uh, put up the trailer for Geek Hard, which is going to be our next episode, which is going to come out next week. Go and check out the trailer. We're actually quite pleased with it. It turned out uh, even better than we expected. But coming up now, I'm going to play some Podsafe music, and this is from a band called Adam Split, and you can find out more about them at www.adamsplit.com. And uh, they're from Georgia. That's right, Georgia. And this song is called Saying Sorry Sucks. See, I'm all about the alliteration today. Really, that's what it is. So Saying Sorry Sucks, and this is Adam Split.
That's Adam Split with Saying Sorry Sucks, and that is courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. And uh, you can find out more about the band, and they're from Georgia, as I said. And uh, you can find out more about them at www.adamsplit.com. And uh, trying to get back into playing some music. I always, uh, always enjoy doing some of that. So what have we learned today? We've learned that if you're going to uh, to do a Marco, Mar- uh, viral marketing stunt, a Marco viraling stunt, you've got to be careful with those ones as well. That what you got to do is, um, you know, maybe not go with electronic devices uh, planted around bridges and stuff because people tend to get a little iffy about that. Anyway, that is all the time that we've got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Send us an MP3 clip. Really, do you want to be listening to my voice the whole 15 minutes? That's why I play some music. Gives me a little bit of a break. But also, I want to hear your voice. Have a great week.